0: Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. Today I want to speak to you and and I I want God to help us and God to give us just a, a word here, a rhema to you today. And I'm going to speak my heart. So I'm speaking on when good people have bad times. Everybody say, preach to us, Pastor. To us. And you may be seated. You're awesome people, and I love you very, very much. There's a ridiculous story going around about a man trying to cross the street. When he steps off the curb, a car comes screaming around the corner and heads straight for him. And so the man walks faster, trying to get to another lane, and the car changes lane, still coming at him. So the guy turns around to go back to the initial curb that he stepped off of and the car swerves to come back to that that lane. By now the car's so close, the man's so scared he just stops in the middle of the road and like a deer looking at headlights, he's scared to death. And all of a sudden the car gets real close and swerves at the last possible moment, stops right next to the man. And the driver rolls down the window and lo and behold, it's a squirrel driving the car. And the squirrel says to the man, See, it's not as easy as it looks, is it? <laughs> Poor little, little squirrels. Well, it's not easy. No matter how fortunate any of us may feel or how virtuous we are, there comes a time when our luck just runs out and life seems to slam us right in the face. And at such times, we feel like that squirrel trying to get across that busy street. And it seems like there's nowhere left to turn. And some of you have already been through such times, and other of you, others of you don't like to think about it, but it rains on the just, and it rains on the unjust. And situations are going to come. And I'm going to speak today about when good people, good people, not bad people, but good people, have bad times. This message is preached as a preventative maintenance, so that in those times when you feel like the squirrel on the busy street... Your faith can be strong and not only endure, but you can endure victorious. And not only survive, but you can thrive through Almighty God. Amen. So today from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, I'm going to the NIV. It says simply, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which We now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Now pay particular attention to these next few words in verse 3. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Everybody say glory in sufferings. Wow, that's tough. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. Amen? Amen. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Everybody say the Holy Spirit's around us. It's for us. It's with us. Amen. So I'm going I'm to speak today. What a remarkable statement. We glory in our sufferings. It's amazing to think that we can glory. How can you possibly do that? Suffering hurts. Suffering hurts. Pain hurts, sufferings are inconvenient, and we spend our lives trying to avoid them. That's why we got our medicine cabinets full of ibuprofen and Advil and Excedrin and pain pills and stuff to help throttle the hurt and the suffering. But it's a great time to talk about it because I want to get right into it. Here's what I want to say. Bad times are not designed, folks, to destroy us, but it's, it's there to make us stronger, you never can get anywhere always walking with the wind, swimming downstream, going down the mountain. Every now and then, you've got to climb one. Every now and then, you've got to go upstream. Every now and then, you've got to do things against the grain of life. Because the grain of life will take you on the least path possible. On Monday Night Football, John Madden, several years ago, an announcer, my favorite of all times, came up with this phrase, yak, YAC. Y-A-C. It meant simply yards after contact. And it was a measurement that counts the number of yards that a runner gains after an opposing player hits him. And all you football guys, we got a long summer, but September's coming. Hang in there, boys. This is the time that I fast television right now. I'm fasting TV right now. I'm going going on my Lent right now. I won't fast in the fall. But I compare a Christian's response to suffering to the term yak, yards after contact. When an opposing player hits a running back, that's a good running back, that running back don't throw the ball down and walk off the field. He doesn't just stop running, nor does he say, I'm taking my ball and going home and y'all going to play this way. If you're going to hit me, I'm going to get out of here. But the best runners in the NFL keep their legs going when they get hit. They keep moving forward. They keep their head down, headed toward the goal line. Earl Campbell one day, I saw him, Big Earl. Let's give Earl a big horns today. Big Earl. I saw Earl in the pros. I saw 10 men hit him out of 11 that played defense. 10 men hit him and he still scored the touchdown. Because Earl had this passion that contact was meant to be, but I'm going to still go forward because I am meant to go forward. Walter Payton gained over 16,000 yards, and he did it at 4.3 yards a carry, which meant he was tackled to put on the ground 721 times in his career. But he was probably hit 10 times more than that, probably over 7,000 times he was contacted, but it didn't stop him. Emmett Smith, career leading rusher in the NFL, asked one, somebody asked him one day, do you ever get tired? He said, I played tired. But I love the statement that I heard the other day. It said, great people don't quit when they're tired. They quit when they're finished. And there's some people in this summer month coming around that you're getting a little weary and a little tired. Because hell wants to wear out good people. He wants to wear you down with the trouble in the world. The trouble in society. The trouble in family. The trouble in your health. The trouble in life. But I'm telling you. When you go through these sufferings, it's not meant to put you away. It's meant to make you stronger. Come on, pick your feet up. Keep running. Keep going toward the goal line. Keep saying, I can do this because God is for me. Bad times are not meant to destroy you, they're meant to make us stronger. The second thing I've learned about bad times is that times of adversity also make us wiser. Not only does it make us stronger, it makes us wiser. I'm just going to preach a little four-point message today, but I feel this in my spirit, and you're going to get it. They help us take stocks of our life and and changes that propel us forward. It really does. Because suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. So perseverance, folks, produces hope. Character produces hope. Go all the way back. Suffering when it's in the right frame of reference also produces hope because you hear me, everybody in this world is going to suffer. When I go, when I get into suffering time, sometime I go back to the book of Job because you know, Job was a perfect man and he hated evil. And if Job went through what he went through, who am I to complain about some of the things that I go through in life? You can't throw in the towel. You can't wave the white flag. You can't say it's all over. You've got to say, no, I'm going to get smarter. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to get wiser through this because this is meant for a reason and God's reason is always better than what it was before I started. Amen. I read about a man who was a Christian boy growing up in a Christian home in Ohio and one day he left his home to go work on a canal boat and on that boat, well, he injured his foot while chopping wood and he contacted blood poison and soon became an invalid. And during that long, painful months in bed, he resolved, he, he got wise. He resolved that after his recovery, he would seek education and he would do something greater than just trying to be a wood chopper on a canal boat. So he studied for the ministry when he got better and then he becomes a teacher, then a school principal And then during the Civil War, he joins the 42nd Ohio Volunteer, where he becomes a hero in the fighting of Shiloh. And he rises to the ranks of Major General in the Army. And after serving in the Congress, and as a representative from Ohio in the U.S. Senate, James A. Garfield, a boy who was once considered an invalid and probably wouldn't make it in life, was elected President of the United States. And he said, it was while I was lying in my bed of pain that I said, I'm going to better myself. I'm going to get up out of this thing and I'm going to be a better person than I was when I got sick. Here's what I want to tell you. When the Hebrew boys were thrown into the fiery furnace and they were pulled out, the Bible said there wasn't one smell of smoke on them. Here's what I want to say. Not only were they not burned, they didn't even smell like they'd been in a fire. Because God is not putting pain on you and suffering on you for you to wilt and go down. He's saying you're going to come out of here better, you're going to come out wiser. That's what God does. That's what God does. Woo, I feel like preaching. If nothing else, going through a time of adversity will teach us that we can survive. We can survive. I introduced a little couple this morning. Been married 70 years in this church. 70 years. You know who it is? It's Brad's grandparents. I think maybe he'll love my daughter for a long time. After all, he did marry up. Well, nothing to do with me. It's all Patty. <laughs> but they've been married 70 years. 1966, this August, 1966, it'll be 50 years. His daughter was shot down by Charles Whitman at the tower. His son-in-law was shot down by Charles Whitman. They were taken to separate hospitals. They didn't know if either one of them was going to be alive. They thought they were probably dead and would not, they would, they would never see them again. But God spared them both. And I, I, I asked him when I stood him up this morning, I said, have you ever, have you ever had your had your world rocked, like 1966 in August when Whitman shot his pistol his his rifle from the from the tower, both their kids, uh, son son-in-law and daughter were both laid down on the street. Yeah, we've been rocked. But I looked at people today, 50 years later, still loving God, still praising God, yeah. wiser than they've ever been in their life because. God doesn't send these things to destroy us. He sends them to make us stronger. And he sends them to make us wiser in life. And he also sends them so he knows that we can survive. You can survive. Everybody say, I can. I, can. I love the old song, and I know you're gonna date me, but I like it. I, 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 I stay in a line. Stay in alive. My Lord, anybody can lay down and quit. Stand up. Live. You're going to face obstacles. You're going to face opposition. But live. Go ahead and live. See, I'm going to live till I die. And I'm not going to die till God says it's time. And I'm not going to go early. I'm going to live. I'm going to live. I'm going to live. I'm going to live. Survive. <laughs> Stories were told about World War I, some of these Some of these men that were sunk at sea and they had to live on rafts for a long time. In fact, you read the story, or probably saw the movie Unbroken about the man who was on the raft for 57 days. But what was unique about this stuff was that when these rafts were shipped out from the sinking ship and they're still in there for a long time, then all of a sudden they'd start dying. Men would start dying. And... Here's what was the phobia. Here's what the problem was. The problem was that the younger men started dying before the older men. And yet they were more muscled and they were more toned and they were more in shape. But yet they died off and the older men must live much longer. And they, they did a research on it. The Naval Academy did a research on it and they discovered something. That the older men, many of them had been in three or four shipwrecks. And they'd already been on that raft. And they knew that in time, they're going to be saved. Hallelujah. And so they tried to hold on with hope again, thinking that we're going to be saved again. And every time they were, the Navy usually found them in this certain strait or wherever they, the ships travel. And they'd be there. They'd find this place and they'd be spared. But young men didn't know that. So the Navy started teaching classes on the fact that when you are shipwrecked and when you're on a raft, don't give up. When it looks like it's all going under, don't give up. Help's coming, amen? amen? Help's on the way. Don't you give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Hang in there. Stay in the ship. I don't care if you're going through a crisis of your life today. Stay in the boat. I don't care if you're doing things that, that, that your family is, is going dysfunctional and everything's going sideways. Stay in the boat. Amen. Don't give up. Don't jump over. Don't die. Don't quit on God. Don't quit now. Hang in there. Help's coming. I remember 1981 when I went through my tragedy. A, a month later, I was I was taken to a, a a a drama, an Easter drama down in Lake Charles, by a Delta pilot. He's now retired, but he was a long-standing Delta pilot. He was a captain of flights Pl- that went overseas, and he was a, It was actually a 747 that he flew, and he had a he had a Beechcraft Bonanza, and, and he took me and and, and and my daughter in a in a little plane down to. And that Bonanza down to Lake Charles to see this drama. And on the way back, back to Fort Worth to Meacham Field, we went through this horrible storm, horrible storm, rainstorm, And we was in the middle of it. And all of a sudden, I heard the radio crackling. I heard, heard the, the, the man say, somebody called in and said, how's, how's, the, how's the rain? How's the storm? Has anybody made it through? He said, well, we got somebody in it right now. We'll let you know when they get out. And so the pilot looked over me. Ron looked over me. And he said, preacher, that's us. We're the one in the storm. And I said, well, thank you. I said, couldn't we, <laughs> Could we turn around and get out of this thing? He said, no. He said, because I've been in worse. I said, but you had a big plane. He said, it don't matter. I know what we're in and we're going to be all right. Now, there's old pilots and bold pilots, but there ain't no old bold pilots. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and But we went through and all of a sudden the sun broke out. It was, it was just a shower. It wasn't anything really bad, but it was horrible to me. And when he, when he when broke out in the sunshine, he looked over and he patted me on the shoulder and he said, son, I want to bring you through that because I want you to know that the sun's going to shine again in your world and you're going to live again, and you're going to preach again, and (laughs) here I am on a Sunday morning, hallelujah, still preaching the gospel. I'm telling you, I don't care what the rain is doing, what the storms are doing in your life, just keep going forward. You're going to break out. The sun's going to shine again, and you're going to live, 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 because God didn't bring it to destroy you. He brought it to make you stronger. Hallelujah. I flat out love that. I love that. I love that. David looks at Saul and Saul said, do you have what it takes to whip that giant? He said, well, I I had a lion come after me the other day. I got him. Had a bear, got him. An old Asian bear, got him. And he said, I've been through a couple of Lost at Sea episodes I can conquer this thing. I can conquer him. He's an uncircumcised Philistine. I can conquer him. And David went out because he had never been able to face that giant had he not had some training of how to go through some suffering in his life. It's like that question that was asked in Sunday school one day he said, when you go through the most disastrous time in your life, your favorite scripture and discouragement, and one kid stood up and said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want middle-aged woman said, God is my refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble, Psalms 46 and 1. And another lady said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, John 16, And then John, an old 80-plus-year-old man, stood up and said with as much strength as he could muster, he said, and it came to pass 85 times in the Bible. And everybody thought old John was losing his mind. What's he talking about? And it came to pass 85 times in the Bible. And they started to laugh at him, and he stopped them. He said, at 30, I lost my job, and I had six kids to feed and a wife. We was in trouble. He said, at 40, my oldest son was killed overseas in the war. He said, it knocked me down. He said, when I was 50, my house burned down, and nothing was spared out of the house. He said, at 60, my wife of 40 years contacted cancer and said it slowly ate her away, and we, we prayed every night for the Lord to heal her. At 65, he said, she died, and I still miss her today. He said, the pain that I went through in each of those situations was unbelievable. I wondered where God was. But each time I looked in this Bible, I saw one of those 85 verses that said, and it came to pass. And I felt God was telling me that my pain and my circumstance were also going to pass and that God would get me through it. And he said, and it came to pass. And here I am today because it only came to pass. I have a dear friend named Tommy Barnett, great pastor in Phoenix, Arizona, Assembly of God pastor. And someone asked him one time, said, do you ever think about quitting Pastor Barnett? He said, every day. I think about quitting every day. But then he stopped and said, I just don't know how to quit. Some of us need to lose the thought of how to quit this thing. Come on, it's not quitting time. Come on, it's not quitting time. Summer's coming on us, but it's not quitting time. Problems are going to get big, but it's not quitting time. It's time to keep going forward. It's time to keep going forward. My friend up in Fort Worth, I love the fire out of him. He lost his little old girl, forty years old, perfect child, loved her. Four four point student, TCU, summa cum laude graduate, mother of two, thirteen nine year old kids. A Precious husband. She's at the church every day. Love God. Live for God. Took her life because she had a brain sickness. She had a mental problem. Took her life. And and, and and he's he's devastated today. And I dedicate this message to Ron because I want him to know something. I want him to know something that he's going to come out of this storm. He's going to be all right. Ron, I love you, buddy. You're going to come out of this thing. One of the hardest feelings I ever did in my life. But problems come to everybody. A better man you don't know. A better man you'll never meet. But I'm telling you, it It rains on the just. It rains on the unjust. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Because suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. That's what it's all about. Anybody got hope today? Anybody got hope today? Come on. We got a hope in God. We got a hope in God. And then the fourth thing and I will close. Then we will know for certain that with God's help we can make it through terrible storms and we'll be better people for it. Everybody say it with me. Then we will know for certain that with God's help we can make it through terrible storms and we'll be better people for it. Wow. Wow. Little lady sang several years ago, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Somebody read the Bible there. I'm here to tell you something. You're going to face it. You're going to fight it. And you're going to have to faith it. But God Almighty will never leave you alone. Say it with me. He'll never Never. leave me alone. Swindoll, Chuck Swindoll, one of my favorite reads. Was interviewing a businessman one day that owned his own business and and he asked the man, he said, he said, what, uh, where do you think wisdom comes from? Where do you think it comes from, the word wisdom? And the man, without any hesitation, said it comes from one word, pain. He said, when you're hurting is when you start thinking. And you start getting some ideas and concepts that might help the situation. And Swindoll said he knew it wasn't a theoretical answer. He knew that the man had wrestled with pain and pain had wrestled with the man. And there's a lot of businessmen, a lot of people in this building right now that's gone through some terrific downturns and blessed upturns. But you may be on a downturn now. But I promise you that God's not going to leave you by yourself. There's going to be people in this building that's lost their jobs and lost their wage and lost their way. With that wage and with that job. But God's not going to leave you by yourself. Because this kind of stuff does not come to bring you down. It comes to make you stronger. It comes to make you wiser. It comes to let you know you can survive. And then when you do survive, it lets you know that with God's help, you can do anything. Amen. Because God is for us. God is for us. God is for us. James said it this way. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Everybody say, I'm lacking nothing. (laughs) I'm going to trust in that God. Good case could be made that without difficulties in our life, we'd remain spiritual and emotional infants. You could make a convincing case that parents who make life too easy for the children do them a great disservice. In a sense, they're stunning the growth of that child. Because great testing plus great pain equals great growth in lessons and experience. Clap your hands to that because that's true. I gotta quit, I gotta finish. I study trees. I love trees, I just, I just love them. I don't know why. I just, I just like a tree, I just enjoy it. I just think they're neat. And trees are neat. And we, when we first moved in our home on Redmond, we had a little sapling in our backyard. Now that tree's so big, it's probably choking every sewer drain in that house. And we moved into the house now on, on Doswell, and, and we had this little old tree, and now they're getting big. And I just love to see their growth. God just grows things for you. He just grows things for you. But I, I read something unique the other day about a tree when drought comes or when, when bad winds blow. And I know many trees break and they snap. And I know that there's probably rotten, rottenness in there, but, but th- these trees do something. They say that the bark inside the bark that you see almost knots up. It's like, it's like it knots up and says, I'm going to get gristle in me. <clears throat> You're not going to starve me out. You're not going to blow me over. I'm going to get gristle." And said it never shows up on the outer bark, but when they do studies of these trees later, they see all kinds of these knots. Well, that tree has said, no, I will stand, I will make it in life, and I will grow to be something great for somebody, somewhere, someplace, sometime. I think that needs to happen to all of us. I think that even on the outside, we don't have to show it, but on the inside, there's got to be some grit. Mama used to call it old-fashioned gumption. You just got to get some gumption in you and say, you know, bad times are going to come sometime in life, but it also comes to bad people, but it comes to good people. But I've got to get some grit in me. I've got to get some grit. I've got to be able to stand up and say, no, 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 no. You've come too late to tell me that I'm not going to make it. And when I make it, I'm going to be stronger. I also heard this, you know, I heard this alone. I've never been in the military, but when a man is captured by the enemy and he's put in a prison, he never loses his rank in the prison. When he comes out of the prison, eight, ten years later, you never lose. If you're a captain going in, you're a captain coming out. But I believe that God gives promotions on the way out. He's better than the U.S. Army. He's better than the military. What I want to tell you is that God's got promotion power for you. If you can handle the bad times, there's some promotion power waiting on you in the kingdom of God. Amen. I close. Randy, if you'll come and help me. If you'll come and help me. He was a little boy. His name was David. Two years old, he had leukemia and he went to a doctor at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston. And Dr. John Truman was his his doctor. And Truman's prognosis was devastating. He told him when the boy was two, he has a 50-50 chance of living. And so the countless clinic visits, the blood tests, the intravenous drugs, the fear, the pain. The mother's ordeal was probably just as bad as the little boy because he didn't really realize, but the mother knew that this boy was probably going to die. And young David never cried in the waiting room, even though he knew when he went into the, to the room, he was going to get shot up and he was going to get some needles and... But when he was three, he had to have a spinal tap, and that's the most painful procedure just about you can have, especially for a boy three years old. And it was explained to him that because he was sick, Dr. Truman had to do something to make him better. And his mother told him before he went in, said, son, remember if it hurts, it's because he loves you. He's trying to make you better. And the procedure was horrendous, and it took three nurses to hold David still. He yelled and he sobbed and he struggled. And When it was almost over, the tiny boy soaked with blood, sweat and tears, a bloody back, sweat and tears. He looked at the doctor and he gasped. He called Dr. Truman, Dr. Tooman, because he couldn't talk real good. He said, Dr. Tooman, thank you for my hurting. A three-year-old kid said, thank you for my hurting. When was the last time you said that to God? thank you because I'm hurting today don't you know that God knows that I dedicate these babies up here this morning and I I can't hardly dedicate them without crying because I love kids I love kids if you don't want yours I'll take them I'll borrow money from Larry Nunez to raise them We'll get them done. We'll get it done. I'll borrow from Don Schaefer. We'll we'll, we'll get get some money. We'll raise your kids. But I know you want them. But times are going to get tough. But when's the last time you thank God for the hurting? When's the last time you have gloried in your suffering? When's the last time you said, God, I know that this is for my best. None of us understand why God created a world in which there's suffering and I'm not offering this message today as a full explanation, but I'm simply making some suggestions as a possibility that there is no gain without some pain. Romans 8, 28 says that we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Everybody say, God works all things for good. That don't mean things are good, but he works all things for good. Hallelujah. He turns the bad to the good. And one day when we get home, Ron, we get home one day, buddy, we're going to lift our hands and we're going to say, thank you to Father for the hurting. Thank you. Thank you because I hurt sometime. It's okay, because I know you made me stronger and wiser and taught me survival. It's what it's about. I love you folks. I love you so much. You're the goodest people in America. But good people hurt too. And I just want to take this 22nd day of May to tell you. And this came to pass. It'll pass. When you're 80 years old, you'll lift your hands up and say, I've been through a lot. Seen a lot of tears and sorrow. Had questions about tomorrow. There were times I didn't know right from wrong. But in all my situations, God gave me one consolation. He was always going to be there to make me strong. And through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Would you stand to your feet, your awesome people and people that I love very much. And I thank you for listening to your pastor today. It's been a joy talking to you, teaching you, preaching the gospel. I want everyone that's going to dedicate their little young'uns to come on right now. We're going to pray for them. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.